Unfolding the eternal excellences, the hidden insights of the truth and the depth of the riches of wisdom and knowledge. The Bible says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have not pointed to your weaknesses. He says, I have cleansed thee by the word. I have pointed to your strength. And this is your strength, that I am Christ in you, the hope of glory. The glory of freedom, the glimpses into eternity. The gospel is not supposed to be an assumption. It's not supposed to be just a mere presupposition. Truth is older than language, but the word of God is way deeper than any human language. And now, Apostle Grace with the word. 2 Samuel chapter 7. The Bible says, And it came to pass when the king sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies, that the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now I dwell in a house of cedar. But the ark of God dwelleth within the curtains. And Nathan said to the king, Go down all that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan. And says, Go tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Shall thou build me an house for me to dwell in? Whereas I have not dwelled in any house since the time that I brought you up the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day, but have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle, in all places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, spake I a word with any of the tribes of Israel, whom I commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why build ye not me an house of cedar? Now therefore, so shall I say unto my servant David, that thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from following the sheep to be ruler over my people over Israel, and I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest, and thou cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, that have made thee a great nation, like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. He says, Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people, and I will plant them, and they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. And as since the time I have commanded judges to be over my people, and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies, also the Lord telleth thee that I will make thee an house. Verse 12, And when thine days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thine fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I shall establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thine throne shall be established forever. Amen. David, a man after God's own heart wants to build God something. Why? Because he's sleeping in the house of Seder. But the house of God is just in what? It was in a tent. A simple cloth. So he's in the bed, but he has a problem that the Ark of the Covenant is sleeping outside. And what he wants is one thing, that the Lord might grant him the grace to build a what? A temple. He was a man after God's own heart. In fact, when you read the Hebrew language there, man after God's own heart is actually Closest definition of God putting his heart in a man. Not a man's heart pursuing after God. So the essence on David is prevenient grace. Not effort. And dead works. We're not talking of what is on David as what he did toward God. But what rather God did toward David. You get where I'm coming from? This is not a place where you're going to say a man after God's own heart is a guy who loves God so much. Not a a man after God's own heart is a guy God places his heart into. That's prevenient grace. It is the grace that goes before that man 
and he starts to function in a certain way that he could not have functioned by his own mind. And the substance of any lineage of David has to be so. And that is why when he was promising this and there, that the wisdom he gives to Solomon, the Bible says he came to him in sleep. And the Bible says he puts them into sleep, the Bible says in Job, that he might rob man of purpose and pride. So if Solomon is not in purpose and pride, how be that he's asking for wisdom? Prevenient grace. The very covenant he made with Abraham. Same story. It's not that he doesn't want to have these men sober and awake. It's just that sometimes human nature might ask for things they ought not to ask. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. So it is through that line that the patriarchs come and we are. We are from that kind of line. There are certain things that by prevenient grace will come to you, not because you're wise, not because you have everything that you need, but because you submitted to the one who prearranged certain things for you. Hallelujah. So David, a man after God's own heart, was that God intended to put his heart in David. David felt the way God felt. In fact, if you have to understand the way of God, not the ways, the way, there's a difference. The Bible says the wisdom of the prudent is to know his way. If you want to know the way of God, understand the spirit on David. You'll understand the way of God. Not the ways, but the way of God. You get where I'm coming from? You'll understand the way of God. So, of course, what's pumping in the spirit of David is the same thing pumping in the spirit of Jehovah God. He needed something like a temple. So, David says, I want to build this guy a temple. I'm in a settled house. It's all wonderful. But my God is sleeping in a tent. I have a problem. He cannot sleep. You get it? And then the Lord comes to Nathan the prophet and tells him, you know what? He shall die and after that his seed shall come and his seed shall build a what? A house. And he says, I shall be to that seed his father and he shall be to me a son. A son. You get it? He shall be a son. And the Bible says, if he do iniquity, I shall chastise him. You understand? With the rod of men. And the stripes of men shall afflict him. This is Jesus. So he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him by his stripes were healed. The chastisement of our peace, the stripes, the woundings. You understand? He's talking of a son. He shall be unto me a son. He's talking about Jesus. Yes, the quick mind thinks about Solomon, but the bigger picture is Jesus. And I'm going to prove that. So he says, I shall be unto him a father and he shall be my son. And if he commit iniquity, I'll chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. We all know that Solomon was not beaten by a rod of men. We all know that. So he's talking about another seed to build a temple. He's not talking about this seed called Solomon. That explains that. He says, he shall be to me a son. He shall be to me a son. And there is no right of God saying son, using the language son, without something taking place. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So anyhow, Solomon goes ahead and what? Builds a temple. But when Solomon builds a temple, I think it's in 1 Kings chapter 8. Let's go from about the 25th verse. He says, and therefore now, Lord God of Israel, keep thy servant David, my father, that thou promised him, saying that, there shall not fail thee a man in thine sight to sit on the throne of Israel, so that thy children take heed to their way, that they walk before me as thou hast walked before me. Next verse. And now, O God of Israel, let thine word, I pray thee, be verified, which thou speakest unto thy servant, David, my father. 27. But will God indeed dwell in the earth? 
Behold, the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I built it. He has finished building the same picture his father told him. And it's the same guy saying, but really? Are you going to dwell in this thing? Are you really going to dwell in this thing? This is the same guy who built it. He has finished building and he's asking himself the question, can God dwell on the earth? But the Bible says, behold, the heaven and heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I've built it. He has built something, but he still gets a vision. He says, okay, yes. They said to his seed, and that's wonderful. And I'm the seed that has come after. And indeed, I've built a house. Do you really dwell in this thing? I want to define for you salvation. What it means to really be born again. I just want to explain to you what it really means to be born again. Because there are many people who have a certain definition of salvation and they think it's the right definition or understanding. But tonight I just want to define for you salvation. Hallelujah. How be it so that the son himself asks the question, are you going to dwell here? Okay, I've built it, but are you going to dwell here? They just don't see you dwelling in there. Why? Because Solomon had also been with the father who knew God. And there are certain glimpses he had while he was a He says, as my father's child, he taught me. He taught me. He was taught of his father. There's a certain thought and understanding he had about God. He surely knew God cannot dwell in such a small thing. He just knew God cannot dwell in such a small thing. There was something. There was just something. David taught this boy a lot. He taught him a lot. That it was obvious for this boy to see these things. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. But you see, the day Solomon one time substituted another God into the very temple meant there was something either he did not learn from his father or something David never taught him. That's another thing. Praise the Lord. Because I see it through some of the sons that come after. Hebrews 8. Let's begin verse 1. The Bible says, now of the things which we have spoken, this is the psalm. He's trying to conclude a certain picture that I'm trying to paint for you. He says, of the things which we have spoken, this is the psalm. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. Next verse. A minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord pitched, not man. Jesus becomes the minister of the true tabernacle which the Lord Pitched and not man. There is a tabernacle a man pitched. And there is a tabernacle Jesus Christ represents. And the tabernacle Jesus represents is a tabernacle not pitched by man. Not builded by man. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's continue. And it says, for every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, it is of necessity that this man have somewhat also to offer. Verse 4. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law. Verse 5. Who serve unto the example, they serve as an example, those that minister under the law. The Bible says, they serve as an example and shadow of the heavenly things as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle for God told him, see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. 
So that's when we learn God gets Moses and takes him aside when he had a relationship. The Bible tells us during that time, Moses was the most humble man on earth. Are you hearing me? And he says that when I speak to my prophets, I speak with them through visions and dreams. That that's not how I speak to my servant Moses. For I speak to my servant face to face. That thing made me want to seek God more. Because you see, we had seen God in visions and dreams. You understand? And God says of an Old Testament man that, and that is not how I speak to Moses. And then you find a prophet saying, you see, the Lord spoke to me in a dream last night. And I'm thinking, okay, yes, that's wonderful. But the Bible says he spoke to Moses face to face and not in riddles. Not in parables. The Bible says parables speaking not. He spoke to this guy face to face. The Bible says how be that the first was natural and the second was spiritual. So, Moses was a natural man speaking to God face to face. Not a spirit. You get it? Not a spirit. But he says there was a difference between men who boast of visions and dreams. There is another place in God where visions also become a smaller rank in relationship. That's why when a man boasts of vision, sometimes I say, wow, it's wonderful. We're living in a time where men do not understand the true purpose of the ministry of Jesus Christ according to the scriptures. Some ministries are shrines. They bewitch you. You go to a witch doctor and say, Jaja Nyandoga. Jaja tells you who bewitches you. Then you go back to revenge on who has bewitched you. You go to a church and say, man of God, Anyandoga. The man of God tells you it is your auntie and uncle. Let me tell you, some of us, when we had just understood the gospel, all we could do was prophesy because we thought it was ministry. Until one time, Jesus himself came and asked me, Grace, why did I teach more than I prophesied? Yet as a prophet, why did I teach more than I prophesied? Why did I teach Jesus? Why did the master, the prophet, a hundred percent God, teach more than he prophesied? Yet he saw it all. Because Peter calls the word the sure word of prophecy. The sure word. The sure word of prophecy. And the Bible says you do well. When you hit to it. You do well. God wants to get you to a point where you don't even do, know whether your aunt bewitched you. No, 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 no. Listen. That settles it. The moment somebody says, That's the day you say, huh? Lord, thank you that they are going to work for you. <laughs> they are going to bewitch you. We want the church to get to that level. A prophet comes and says, I see your home. And that's wonderful. I see your bed. That's wonderful. I see your carpet. I've also seen those things, but I always draw back to purpose. Because I realize sometimes we can hem so far in what they see, and then they say, my God, the man of God can see. I mean, he can so see. He can see. And then everyone says, yeah, I'm come on, And after I say, hmm, you will see. Listen, he says, gave some prophets, apostles, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry. Prophet, perfect me for the work of ministry. If you're not doing that, you're not prophesying. You're wasting time. So we have a bunch of people who are all inexcusably weak and dull in the spirit. They are ever learning but never coming to the knowledge. They are all there, a victimized mentality. Everything about them is just pathetic. You know, who is bewitching me? Who is doing these things to me? They are delivering themselves day one. They are casting out things off themselves. Every other day they are breaking things off their family cases, generational cases, and then all of them, they just live all their life and die just 
disadvantaged death. And they never have the opportunity to just live one life in the law of liberty. And for such men, when God is dealing with them, even the judgments toward them are not judgments as to men who are wise. They are judgments as to men who are ignorant. And the judgment to an ignorant man is only one thing that they never took attention to really listen. That place of separation is not the pastor taught me the wrong thing. No, that place of separation was you should have been fair as the Bereans for they went out and searched out the scriptures to know if these things were so. Do you really go back in the Bible and search out these things to know if these things are so? Oh, they read for you your Bible. You're just in the world to have a person read for you the Bible. But a time comes when you must study by the Spirit. You must know your word. You must have your own results. You must have your own answer. You must get to a point where you fix your own family, your own marriage, your own relationship, your own ministry. You don't need always to have men bagging on you just with a prayer partner. For how long are you going to have prayer partners? You have the Holy Ghost. The Bible says he will help you. <laughs> He's a helper. He's a helper. Which is the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord Jesus. In Hosea when he says, because thou hast rejected knowledge, I shall forget your children. Do you realize he says, because thou hast rejected knowledge. He didn't say because you listened to a false teacher. Why? Because the beginning of salvation has its own judgments and the life of salvation. This is what he says. In fact, to us, we were to make sure we walk free as the Lord has set us at liberty. Not to deliver ourselves because we are born with demonic things. You get it? And he says that the true spirit by which God judges is the law of liberty. The same law that sets men free. Because you were free. How much did you walk this freedom? Because the place of freedom is very simple. Access. Not just the happiness that doesn't make sense. Access. You must be able to access results. You must be able to access the answers. Get what you want when you want to have it. That's called liberty. You're free to drive the car you want to drive. You're free to build the ministry you want to build. You're free to dress how you want to dress. You see, then the balances are very simple. Let's not use this liberty for vice. That's different. At least you have the liberty. Now, the wisdom to balance it that is not used for vice, that's another thing. But at least you must be free. But all Christ many Christians I've seen, they don't know the smell of freedom. They're not really free. Get into their lives. They have a prolonged infection, a prolonged disease, a prolonged thing. You know, listen, you can be so free on all dimensions of the spirit. I mean, family free, business free, ministry free, magazine free, everything free. It is possible. Because his ministration is simple to perfect that which concerneth you. So the labors of Paul you see in Colossians is that we might present all men perfect in Christ. Not two, but in Christ. Because it's very possible for you to be perfect. I know some of you just love those fake lines. You know, I'm imperfect. You know, I'm a human being. No, no. Listen, there are certain lines I don't want. That's why the same things you'll never hear me preaching. Not because they don't exist. Praise the Lord. But because they're not my lines. They are for certain people and their ministries. I mean, a man stands and gets in front of people and tells them, Salvation is not an easy journey. You might call it an easy journey, but sometimes salvation is not an easy journey. Some of you are saying, yeah, and I look at myself. <laughs> I, it's 
I understood the Bible. What is the definition of joy unspeakable? Full of glory. As in, if I want to speak it, it doesn't make sense. But anyway, I'm happy. Say, yeah, say, yeah, you have to work hard. Listen. If some of you, if you have a problem with that, and listen, many of these guys, when you go to them, they don't really have revelation for it. They had another man speak it. They trail in the shadows of men without the apprehension of where the sources of these men are. Read the Bible. He says, he began a good work and he shall see it to accomplishment. The Bible says, he is the author and the finisher of your faith. I mean, the Bible says, your God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus and two good works for which you are preordained, pre-anointed that you might walk in them. So, making a lame man walk is not a miracle for me, no. It's a preordained agenda for good works. Not for turmoil. For good works. That is why Paul counts it all but joy. Why? Something somewhere. You see, all things work. All things work. For good to them that love him. And are called according to his purpose. Salvation is not easy. You have to struggle. You have to work hard. And the Bible says, and we which have believed have entered this rest. We which believed, we have entered a certain rest. Why? Because the salvation you carry now is righteousness imputed by faith, not works that you should boast. And the Bible says, unto him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. <laughs> the Bible says, his faith is counted unto righteous. The moment he has that faith, God says righteous. Faith, righteous. So you're not even righteous because you fasted last week. Nada. You're righteous because Jesus imputed righteousness on you. That's why the carnal man asks, how can you have sinned and then you are righteous? He's carnal. He has forgotten this is righteousness imputed. It's righteousness imputed. Forced onto you. That's the word of imputation. And the Bible says, say to the righteous, it is well. That's what the Bible says. Say to the righteous, it is well. But it's not working at, no, no, darling, it's well. But it is, it is well. Somebody called me and they had over 40 something results. She said, but I must graduate. I told her, darling, it is well. She just woke up one day and she was on the graduation list. Musumba, I'm on the graduation list. I don't understand why this guy stepped badly or they didn't type badly. She graduated. Why? It is well. It is well with you. Oh, but my family, no, 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 shut up, darling. It is well with you. Say to the righteous man, it is well with you. It is well. Toby one No, it is well. Certain man sent me a text message sometimes. My husband, he has been crawling with me every day. Tonight he said he's coming to kill me. I just sent her a message. It is well. No, no, it is well, period. Then in the morning she says to me, says, Apostle, I cannot believe. This guy just came back smiling. He was from ear to ear. I cannot believe. It is well. That's how I know how to speak. And I forgive me. I don't know how to say. Salvation is a trial. You see, things might not be easy. Me, they are easy. Here at Fanero, they are easy. So, they are, it's okay. But when you're here, they are easy. Listen, I always tell people, 
God should have been careful when he put the word whatsoever you ask. According to my will. He said whatsoever you ask when you pray. Believe. What's disturbing you? What is not in whatsoever? T-shirt, blouse, what? DVD player, iPad, what? Ministry, what? Wife, what is not in whatsoever? What is not in whatsoever? Sink it in your brain, it is well. Tell your neighbor, it is well. Tell your neighbor, you will make it whether the devil wants it or not. Whether he feels or he doesn't, it is well with you. Tell your neighbor, it doesn't matter how far you've gone. It doesn't matter how much you've fallen. It is well. Those are my lines. Not heaven is hard. You'll never hear me say those things. Why? Because God can't say it is hard. The Bible says if a man should speak, let him speak as here. Oracle of God. So that's why the man asks, can you really dwell here? Can you really dwell here? Can you really dwell here? But we go back to Moses. Moses is still telling us. God told him, make sure to draw the temple in the pattern that I have shown thee. So there's a pattern the Lord has shown Moses. Solomon tries to follow that pattern and he realizes, no, God can't dwell here. The very pattern Moses saw. Act 7, 44. The Bible says, our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness. He had appointed speaking unto Moses that he should make it according to the fashion that he had what? He had said, next verse. Which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drove out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David, huh? who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. Jacob means flesh. Remember Jacob, Israel? Jacob, Israel. So he wanted to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. Next verse. And the Bible says, but Solomon built him an house. Next verse. How be it, the most high dwelleth not in temples made with hands. As saith the prophet. Next verse. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build me? Said the Lord. Oh, what is the place? Of my rest. Next verse. Has not my hand made all these things? Next verse. You stiff-necked and uncircumcised in the heart and ears. You do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did also. He's saying this tabernacle can only be built by the Holy Ghost. You're resisting who can build you. All of these things that Moses did were just a form of what the Lord had revealed to him. In pattern. But they were not the real substance. The real substance is very simple. You can build it, Moses. I don't care. Solomon built it. That's wonderful. But the point here is, I do not dwell in temples built by human hands. So anything a man's hand has made, God cannot dwell in. Anything that has been made by a man, God cannot dwell in. And that's why Paul says something, Corinthians. He says, but to us, there's only one God. To us, there's only one what? One God. It's your problem. To us, there's only one what? One God. And the Bible says, and for whom are all things, and Jesus Christ, through whom are all things. And he says, but how be it that this knowledge is not in all men? How come many people don't understand this? They still think there are other gods. 
besides God. The only other God that can be recognized is you. Because ye are a son of God. That's all. But outside this circle, how be it, he says that this understanding is not in all men. Listen, anything made by human hands cannot have a dwelling of God. But even Paul makes it worse. He says there's only one God. All these are things you have. They are just in your mind. He says, they say again, quite rightly, that there is only one God the Father, that everything comes from him and that he wants us to live for him. Also that they say there is only one master, Jesus the Messiah, and that everything for his sake, including us. Yes, it's true. Next verse. And he says, in strict logic then, nothing happened to the meat when it was offered to the idols. It's just like any other meat I know, that you know that. But knowing isn't everything. If it becomes everything, some people end up as knowing it all. So treat others as know-nothings. Real knowledge isn't that insensitive. We need to be sensitive to the fact that we are not all at the same level of understanding in this. And some of you have spent all your entire lives eating idol meat and are sure that there is some bad in the meat and then becomes something bad inside you. And imagination and conscience shaped under those conditions isn't going to change overnight. You get it? When a man is eating, he eats like to the conscience of the idol. Give me the King James. He says, how be it, there is not in every man the knowledge for some with the conscience of the idol and to this hour eat as a thing offered unto the idol and their conscience being weak is defiled. They eat with conscience to the idol. You get it? So for example, when they find a chicken on their gate and they've cut it, conscience of the idol, they eat as to the conscience of the idol. But it is even to get, my God, we cancel. We cast these things. They pour our water. Then they burn. In the name of Jesus. We shall not be afflicted. Bring anointing oil. Pour. In the name of Jesus. I told people one day. I woke up in the morning and they had put a dead chicken on our gate. I just took back like this. I jumped it and I went to work. I said, I'm waiting, devil. I am so waiting. I am so waiting. So waiting. So waiting. I'm not cautious. That a man can put a dead chicken on my gate and kill me. I prayed to God and said, God, I wish it was kicking just a little bit. Lunch. Conscious of the idol. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in a place and you hear like someone has called your name? Huh? One time, someone told me, sometimes demons call you. So if you answer, the demons can what? So I grew up with that conscience to that idol that a demon can call me and it alarms me. But one day I got understanding. There was a day as though I had someone call me. And I said, supposing it's a demon. In this knowledge I said, Wanji. So you get it, Sayagala. Rubale tayo get it a mubanga. They are lying. Rubale tayo get it a mubanga. Tari yo. And if you ever hear a demon is calling you, Why? Because we know that there is only one God. One God. One God. Fetema tuloga. Tell your neighbor, Fetema tuloga. Fetema tuloga. When a witch doctor says, I give you four days, you tell him, I give you two hours. Then he goes to think about it. <laughs> He thinks about it. Did he just give me to her? Yes, sir. And if you talk more, I'll give you one hour. Some guy used to drum in our neighborhood in Kawempe. I told him if he's not born again by September, he's going. And indeed, he didn't get born again. Indeed, September, he packed. 
we get to a point where we cannot be moved by witchcraft. Some of you are even losing sleep. The day you hear them smoke that pipe, that's the day you should actually sleep them all. Why? Because he that watches over Israel does not sleep, nor slumber. That's the day you sleep. But some people, because of the conscience to the idol, they get intercessors. They get anointing. Some people splash salt around his home. But the Bible says you're the salt of the earth. <laughs> why are you splashing what you are? Come on, why are you splashing what you are? The fact that you're on that ground, nothing can happen to that ground. But you're too conscious of the eye. We've banned things. Things full like this. Because someone <laughs> brings things like the devil could kill. Some of us would be dead longer ago. Because we ban things every day. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Get to a point when you bump on witchcraft, it is as though a what? Because it has no effect. On a child of God. But some of you are too conscious of the idol. And many Christians are ignorantly conscious of certain idols. Anything you fear is an idol. Some of you might think witchcraft only, but anything you fear is an idol. It becomes a God. Because you give it the power to have its chance on you. To have opportunity on you. The Bible says you've received not the spirit of bondage again to fear. Bondage precedes any fear. That thing which you fear is your real bondage. Nothing else. It doesn't matter what the doctors have said. It doesn't matter what doctors have said. Nothing, I mean nothing should threaten you. Nothing in this world should threaten you. A few days ago, I found an old man was dying. A friend of mine here called me. And I entered this room. The man was even smelling death. But he called me and told me, Wow, the guy has been discharged. He had a dead lung. Cancer all through. <laughs> you have nothing, nothing in this world to be afraid of. Nothing. It doesn't matter what the doctors have said. Nothing. Because what you fear is your idol. Maybe to them, cancer was the idol. There is just this God who is deeper than cancer. And you must understand it. He's deeper than any disease. No, Listen, I'm not even encouraging you that the drugs came. No, I'm telling you, Jesus heals. He heals. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But you complicate simple things. Tell anybody, don't be afraid about it. Don't, 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 don't. Tell him, don't, don't. Tell him, don't be afraid of anything. Because the word of God is working in you. Tell him. Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Back to the point. He says, our fathers carried this thing up to the date of David. You get it? And we see this guy working only on one thing called pattern. As the Lord had shown him. And that's all he knew. Then Jesus in John, the second chapter, verse 17, he said, 
And his disciples remembered that it was written that the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. He found guys playing in the house of God. You remember? So he threw up everything and then threw tantrum and made guys fall in loss. And the disciples remembered. Verse 18. And the Bible says, And then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou dost these things? Next verse. Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it. And then say the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building. And will thou write up in three days? The number 40 is translated as trial. And the number of six represents man. So this temple was built by a man trying. Jesus tells them, uh-uh, get to this one where God does it. He's not trying. He's <laughs> break this one three days and it will be up again. And see how carnal they are. Forty and six years was this temple in the building. And will thou rear it up three days? This thing was built by the best trial of men. Do you think you're going to do it by your own? Next verse. But he spake of the temple of his body. But then you know that he spake of the temple of his body. Why? Because their definition is temple. But ardently, there's a reason as to why it was built in 46. Yes, these were men trying to create a certain presence in which God could not dwell. Remember, he does not dwell in temples made by human hands. So when Stephen says, you stiff-necked people, the Bible says, why do you resist the Holy Ghost? It's because he's saying the only temple that can exist is that which is built by the Holy Ghost. If a temple is not built by the hand of God, it cannot stand. It cannot stand. Tell your neighbor, it cannot stand. Revelation 21. And I saw a new heaven, the Bible says, and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were what? Were passed away. And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. Coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Next verse. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and he shall be. He said the tabernacle of God is with what? With men. He shall dwell with them. So if he's to dwell with them, and the word there for tabernacle is the dwelling. The dwelling of God is with men. And the Bible says he shall dwell what? Dwell with them. He shall dwell with them. But remember, if we say he shall dwell with them, the Bible says he doesn't dwell in temples made by human hands. So how else can he dwell? Next verse. And God shall what? Wipe away all their tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death or neither sorrow no crying neither shall there be any more. Pain for the former things are passed away. Next verse. And he says, And he has set upon the throne, said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these are the words, and they are true. And what? Let's skip to verse 22. He said, I saw no temple therein. I reached there, and I always had temple, temple. So what did Moses look at as a pattern? Who said it? He says, I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Next verse. And the city had no need of the sun. <laughs> Neither the moon to shine in it. 
For the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. The city had no need of light. You are a city set on a thousand. <laughs> set on the hill. The Bible says. And you're seen by all men. And the Bible says it had no need of the light. Why? Because it is the light of the world. <laughs> it is the light of the world. So why does it need to shine? If it's already the light. Why does it need a sun if it's the light itself? And the Bible says, and neither the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the lamb is the light thereof. Next verse. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor unto it. Next verse. And the gates of it shall not be shut all day. For there shall be no. He said, you're a city set on a hill. You come unto Zion, the city of God, to the company of innumerable angels, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, whose blood speaketh better things than the blood of Cain and Abel. So, when they tell Moses, observe to put as a pattern that you've seen, Moses was shown a new creature. And if a man, the Bible says, is born again, he become a new creation. The Bible says, behold, the old is past and now the new. God just gave Moses a glimpse of you. And then he tried to draw you. <laughs> Outer court, holy place, holy of holies, spirit, soul, body. <laughs> the guy saw me. So when Paul saw it in Corinthians, he asked, know ye not that you are the temple? You think you're going to go heaven and fight? <laughs> you don't know that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost? You don't know that you're the pattern under which Moses followed? Moses looked at you and he could write, Oh, celebra, castelebra. Don't you know that you are? So that means you're what Moses observed. You're what Moses observed. Oh, celebro, castelebra. You're Moses' revelation. If Moses was seeking God, <laughs> okay, some people don't understand this. The Bible says he could go to the presence of God and come back with a shining face because he has beheld you. How? <laughs> oh, of which glory diminishes. He just gets in the presence of God and all he comes out with is his face is glowing. The Bible says they could not behold his face. Why could they not behold his face? He looked at you. We are what we emit. You can have to tell you. We don't pray for light. No. The Bible says for the God who commanded the light to shine in the darkness. The Bible says he didn't command light to shine in us. The Bible says has shine in us. The God who commanded the light to shine has shine in us. The Bible says to give the knowledge of the gospel in the face of Jesus. Now do you understand why Moses shined? He was in touch with light. Now, this is not God shining on you. This is God shining in you. And the Bible says, that very shining, the Bible says, is to make known the knowledge of him by the face of Jesus. That means men just have to look at you and nobody yes, This generation doesn't need men to say, show us the Father plainly. You don't need a man to say, show us the Father plainly. Listen. This is the mystery that was hid from the ages past and now revealed. Jesus Christ in you. 
the hope of glory. Moses goes to seek Jehovah God and the deepest revelation he's to get is you. The next thing we know, Paul borrows the very lines in Deuteronomy and he says the righteousness of faith speaks on this wise. We shall not say who shall go and to fetch him or to heaven. For the word is nigh thee. It is in thine mouth which we speak. He gets Deuteronomy and then he realizes that it is the righteousness of faith, not of the law like they taught in Moses, but Moses taught it. It's actually Moses taught you. Because you see, you don't have the righteousness of God only. You are the righteousness of God. You are the righteousness of God. And because you're the righteousness of God, the Bible says he has made Jesus, has been made our righteousness, our redemption, our wisdom and sanctification. So when Moses is preaching, he's the total sum. That's why when Jesus is explaining himself, he says, and he started to expound about himself from the life of Moses. He expounded about himself from Moses. But the Bible says, and this is love made perfect that we might have confidence on that day. For as he is, so are we in this world. So if I'm to go in Moses, I just find myself there. The books Moses wrote are all you. A hundred percent you. When Paul saw it, he says, whoa, you're an epistle. You're an epistle. <laughs> Oh, not written by what? By ink, but by what? By the Spirit. He said that you are known and read by all men. He says, for your epistles written in our hearts, known and read by what? All men. And he says, for as much as he are manifestedly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us. That means when Paul gets in all his accounts, he's preaching also you. And that's why he says, and we behold like in a mirror the glory of God. And we're translated from glory to glory to the very image and likeness of God our Savior. Listen, every time I read the Bible, I see me. I don't see Paul anymore. I see me. I don't see Jeremiah anymore. No, I see me. I see things that were written for about me. You're known and read by all men. He didn't say in your home area. He didn't say in your village. He said you are known and read by all men. That means there is something that has opened up a certain reading thing on you. Whether you know or you don't, Amas knows you. Al-Qaeda knows you. I told Christians, you only have to determine how to be read. Because you're already read. You just have now to learn to determine how to be read. If you want to be read like the most influential preacher in the world, start emitting the knowledge. And that's what it means to commend yourself to the conscience of men. He says, speaking the truth, we commend ourselves to the consciences of men. Speaking the truth. When you speak this word upon your life, you commend yourself upon the conscience of men. When you say, I am rich, something reverberates in the spirit and goes somewhere in Afghanistan and tells them, Apostle Grace is rich. Why you're not married? Because you look in the mirror and say, Mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the fairest of us all? Shut up! Get in the mirror and say, I'm beautiful, baby. I'm beautiful. I'm beautiful. The next thing you'll see men proposing, the Lord has told me, the Lord has told me. You need to put on a certain kind of eye. Are you hearing me? That is why you're poor. Because when men meet you, they have to meet a rich man. They're not helping you. They're not helping you. Tell your neighbor you can determine how to be read. You can determine how to be read. Speaking the truth. 
We commend ourselves to the consciences of men when we speak the truth. When you get the word in your spirit, that's how men start to... Trust me, no man will see you beautiful until you start to speak beauty on you. No man will see you healthy until you start to speak health on you. No man will speak you wise until you start to speak wisdom on you. That the communication of your faith might become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you, which is in Christ Jesus. But some of you, like Paul says, you find yourself unworthy of eternal life. Eternal life is not the life after. No, eternal life is the life present. It's the life working in you. Some of you find yourself unworthy to drive a bench. You find yourself unworthy to sleep in the best house, to have the best ministry, to have the best... Shut up! Yes, they are worshippers. You're the best worshipper. Okay. But also sister so-and-so said it. Yes, God will create her vacuum of influence. The sky is too big for us all. Even if I say I'm the most anointed man in the world, the whole world. God can break through a certain way to create another world. Listen, some people are producing too fast because of our vision. When we're in campus, we're saying, I am pastoring millions in the name of Jesus. And before you know it, pop, 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 pop. Basalobo ana tebufa. Netelomanyi basari na vision yo. You are a piece known and read by all men. So it's not about the clothes you sell in the shop. It's about what you've spoken on those clothes. If you've been in a shop, there are some clothes you look at and say, God in the world, who would love this thing? And before you know it, a few minutes later, a guy says, Really? The guy tries it on. And I tell him seven times, he says, now we told her. Then he pays 65. And he bought it 5,000. But it's what he likes. He puts on a shirt. You say, brother, where did you buy that shirt? The owner of the shop made the shirt red in a certain way. That's how we do business. I say, that's how we do business. Every morning, I'm smart. I am so smart. I outwit anything called smart. I'm smartness. I'm the definition of smart. I'm intelligent. I don't know how, but I have the highest degree of intelligence. When you enter an interview, the moment you enter, the first time the guy who's going to ask you questions looks at you, he looks at you like wise. Praise the Lord Jesus. They ask you so. What do you think you can do for this company? You tell them what you will never forget. What do you mean by how much you never forget? Just them, how much do you make a year? I'll double it. Listen. You have backup, brother. The Bible says that the sufficiency is not of us that we should boast. The sufficiency is of God who has made us able ministers of this covenant. The last interview I did in Diamond Trust Bank when they were hiring me for branch manager asked me, so, how much do you think you can bring in? You bring in about 5 billion. I told him, no, I'll make it 12. And trust me, my books are reading 12 billion already. I'm an episode. You determine how you're going to be read. That's why there are certain salons you should not enter in. Oh. You enter in and then Paul taps Silas and he says, You have to see me, Sabino. You have to see me, Sabino. 
Daniel says, bino bibiantu ala mudayons den bino bino. Make the best hair. Don't save, you already saved. You know this cow and is for my cousin. If I don't save this one, my sister might have a problem. You know sometimes we have to handle money slowly. Shut up. Paul says, I know both how to be full and to be a best. For I'm both instructed to be full. Listen, God doesn't want you to save money. He just wants to teach you how to get money. Every time you want, you just go and get. Every time you want, you just go and get. That's why I have a problem with Christians who settle for less. You're trying to be wise in your own self, but you're shaming the gospel. Eat like a king, sleep like a king, dress like a king. The Bible says tomorrow has its own to worry. Oh! Apostle Grace again, Kuriachi. Apostle Grace again, Kuambarachi. Leave it to worry. Leave it to worry. But you're also adding on to tomorrow's worry. You're worrying for tomorrow. No. 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 I refuse to be that way. Tell your neighbor, I refuse to be that way. Jehovah God. Is inside me. That's why he said you shall heal the sick. He didn't say I will heal the sick through you. Shut up. He says you shall heal the sick. Why? Because he's in you. When you're entering a supermarket. Understand you're the richest man that has entered the supermarket. It doesn't matter whether there's another rich man who thinks that way. That's their problem. It's not mine. I am the richest man in the world. I'm the most clever man in the world. It doesn't matter whether there are many clever guys. Me, I'm deep. It doesn't matter whether there are many deep guys. Me, I am deep. You claim it. You wake up in the morning at your shops and then you look out and then you laugh. <laughs> and then somebody asks you, why you love you? Tell them I make more money than all of you. Araba zalaka setele baraba. Shatala baraba. You're perfect. I don't know the other people are perfect, but for me, according to the scriptures, you're what? You're perfect. You see, and there's a mind in God that failed to understand. Sometimes what you call imperfect is God working in the highest level of strength. You know that portion of your strength is made perfect in my weakness? That part where you think you are weak eh, is the part God shows strength most. You hide your legs because they are crossed and the guy comes. You understand, Brent, to tell you. Tell your neighbor I'm perfect the way I am. Why? Because you are commending yourself to their conscience. They are not judging you by their conscience. You're commending yourselves to them. That's why Paul says that I cannot be held by the judgments of another man's conscience. Why? He has refused to be judged by another man's conscience because he has commended himself already to their conscience. He has told them what he wants them to think about him. So it's a small thing if they think otherwise. And that's how we overcome. The Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. Even our faith. 
It's evidence of things not seen. I may not feel brown, but I'm brown. Go manyoba to chiraba Chamala. If you have a problem with me being dark, you are the problem. It's not me. And you can't take it away from me. Before you know it. <laughs> Ask your neighbor, how do you want to be read? Ask them, how do you want to be read? As in words, ever true, sending me and tending you. We have come with open hearts, all at the end, and words in blood. And words, somebody raise your voice and speak to Jesus. Ever true, changing me and changing you. We have come. With open hearts, oh, let the ancient words be burned. I decree and declare that the word of God works in your spirit. I decree and declare that the word of God works in your soul. I decree and declare that you commend yourself to the consciences of men. I decree and declare that you're not a piece of known and read all by men, not written by ink, but by the spirit. And you're manifested and declared to be the epistle. You're above and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. You're more than a conqueror by Christ. Great is he that is in you than the devil in the world. The lines have fallen unto you in pleasant places. For you have a godly heritage. The Lord is your portion. He maintains your Lord. He's the lifter of your head. He's your wisdom, your strength, your glory, your righteousness, your peace, your keeper, your governor, your revival. Shalom. Nisi, Sinukenu, Shama, Jaira. It is well. It is well. It doesn't matter what they said at your workplace. It is well. It doesn't matter what your husband said. It is well. It doesn't matter what that woman said. It is well. It doesn't matter the deadline. It is well. It doesn't matter your education. It is well. It doesn't matter your status. It is well. It doesn't matter the circumstance. You'll not be afraid of the arrows that fly by night, nor the pestilences by day. A thousand will fall at one side and ten thousand on the other. But none of those things shall in any means come nigh thee. But only will you live to see. The reward of the wicked. Tell your soul it is well. Tell your soul it is well with me. Tell your soul it is well with me. Tell your soul again, tell it it is well. With Grace Rubega, put your name. Listen, dream. And dream so big. Dream so big. Because the Bible says he has ransomed Jacob from the hand of him that was mightier. You're no longer in a hand that is mightier than you. No situation is bigger than you. You will go through every situation. You were ransomed from the hand that was mightier than you. 
So nothing holding you has power over you. Trust me, you're bigger than that job. Trust me, you're bigger than that circumstance. Trust me, you're bigger than those issues. Trust me, you're bigger than that. You're bigger. I feel an anointing here. I feel the Lord change somebody like 360 degrees like this. Your life is changing for good from today. From today. From today. Something is changing in your business. Something is changing at your workplace. Something is changing in your marriage. Something is changing in your ministry. Somebody is changing in your apprehension. Something is changing in your judgment. Something is changing in your submissions. Something is changing. It's changing. It's changing. Every word that comes out of you will come anointed. Every statement you speak will come with the power. Every word that will come out of your spirit will come with a life to heal. It will come with a life to deliver. It will come with a life to set free. It will come with a life to... Watch. Watch. You're going to realize that all you needed was water on your seed. Luke 8, 11 say that the seed is the word. You just needed a spirit on your word. I mean, if you're a worshiper, You just speak words. Just words and men will be healed. You just say certain words in song. And blind eyes will see. Holy Ghost, I thank you. The message you have just heard was brought to you by Fenero Ministries International. For more information, contact us on telephone number 041-466-4291 or email us at fenerocompala at gmail.com. You can also find us on the web at www.fenero.org. Or better still, feel free to join us every Thursday for our weekly fellowships at Uma Multipurpose Hall from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. You can also catch the live stream at livestream.com slash Fenero. Fenero. Make manifest.